Alright guys, welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. Um, Hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing awesome. I'm feeling awesome. Finally getting these podcasts out to you guys. I know some of the topics might be less than interesting to some of you, um, but we're going to refine that, see what you guys want to hear, what you guys want to hear me talk about, and I'm only going to get better. And as well with my demeanor on the mic, you know, I fucking listened back on that first podcast, super choppy, because I cut it at points, and then just, you know, I was audibly nervous, so this, even just a couple podcasts in, I feel like just constantly making improvements, uh, extremely positive-minded, I'm energized by the shit, I'm excited by the shit, the possibilities, uh, as long as you guys are in on the ride along with me, as, as always, I appreciate you guys, I love the fuck out of you guys, um, and yeah, thank you for being here, thank you for listening, giving me your time, giving me your ear, um, I want to get into, right off the bat, start off the podcast with talking about, uh, changes coming to the podcast, so, I know I kind of fucking went, (coughs) went MIA for three months and then hit you guys with three podcasts in the past couple of days, just, you know, acting like it'll make up for the fucking three months that I abandoned you guys. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm on my shit. And that's what I'm happy to report is that, um, I plan on next week providing you guys with some consistency. So starting Monday, I'm going to post Monday, Wednesday, and Friday podcasts, three podcasts a week. I think that should be good. If you guys decide that, uh, more would be better or less would be better, or maybe a shorter length podcast, or, you know, if you like the length of the podcast, I don't know about a fucking longer podcast. Goddamn. But, uh, I need you guys' feedback. So if it matters to you, just hit me up, let me know any of the social media avenues, you already know how that goes, um, but so I'm going to be posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and also on Friday, I'm going to be posting, or no, starting this Friday, I am going to be posting a, uh, abstract audio playlist on both SoundCloud and Spotify, so these are, the platforms that I think most people already have and they they actively use. So that's why I choose these platforms. If you guys have any suggestions, I'm open to them as with anything. And um, this playlist, so, excuse me, guys. I've been thinking about it recently, the length of the playlist and... I originally started off wanting to do a 10-track playlist because um, I, I like that concept. I like limiting myself so that it's only the best surfaces, right? And it makes decisions tough. I like that. But because I, I feel the same way about albums. Like when an artist gives you 10 tracks and you know that artist is talented and they're one of your favorite artists, you know that they're likely going to be 10 amazing tracks and I feel you know I feel 
I don't know when when playlists or albums go on too long. I feel the opposite. Like, okay, you guys, you know, there's definitely filler in here. Uh, hi, I.E. Chris Brown, motherfucker with that fucking Moon album, goddamn. But um, regardless, uh, I feel like now ten might be too few. So, um, I'm thinking uh, I was originally it was between ten. 15 and 20 and at the most 25 tracks and maybe it'll just vary maybe it doesn't matter actually no it won't it matters to me i kind of like ocd wise i need that consistency and um so i'm currently uh fixed on 20 tracks i think that'll work that's what i'm gonna try for the first playlist um and how that's gonna break that how, how i'm gonna break that down roughly is gonna be 10 tracks and mind you it's going to be hopefully multiple genres but no matter what it's going to be shit that interests me that i think is new and dope as with everything with the podcast right but mind you i would say a rough breakdown now this isn't precise it's not going to be this way every time but the way i have it categorized in my mind is there will be 10 about 10 tracks that are from up-and-coming artists or relatively unknown artists that just is you know not not very common like it's just not in rotation it's not on other playlists um so i really want to take pride in seeking that out and giving you guys new shit to listen to maybe you'll hate it maybe you'll love it but at least it's something new right and then um and that's a rough breakdown these numbers aren't gonna be exact but and then so 10 of those and then five um throwback tracks i really like and and this is it's likely going to be more often two to three you know very few but i want to sprinkle those in there because like i know that i get nostalgic as fuck when i hear um certain songs and it's dope to kind of bring those back up you know you might hear it and then go back and listen to an artist's album that you haven't listened to in for fucking ever um so I don't think playlist, at least this one for sure, isn't going to be just all new shit for the sake of being new shit. I want to also reach back and grab nostalgic shit, just like probably 90s shit, maybe, you know, shit, just shit that I grew up on that um, strikes a nostalgic chord with me. <clears throat> and then uh, for the other five, since this will be releasing Friday, I'm thinking it will be Friday at 6 a.m. so that you guys will have it you know, throughout your whole weekend, and that's subject to change as well, if you guys decide that Monday would work better, then we'll go with that, but for now, I'm gonna try Friday, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, fuck, uh, so back to the topic, the, the five songs are gonna be, since albums release on Fridays now, uh, the last five songs are gonna be from, it's gonna be newly released music, and it might be popular artists, but mind you, it's going to be less popular songs. So, or or more so like, not even B sides, but um, not even B sides, but more so, not the popular shit that you're gonna find on every other playlist i want this playlist to have some value and just a unique quality to it right 
And so in that nature, this will be, um, you know, roughly five tracks of newer shit. And, and for example, like, uh, say I included a track from, or say without warning just dropped the, um, 21 Savage Offset and Metro Booming Tape that I recently talked about on the last podcast. Say that that recently dropped. Um, instead of picking a, you know, a obvious popular song like Ric Flair Drip or um, My Chopper Hate, I would pick something like Nightmares or, or just a another random song that I, you know, it's it might be slept on kind of, I guess. And so it gives you guys a little bit of variety and um, while keeping some new shit in your rotation. But um, so with that being said, uh, the 20 track playlist that's starting this week and um, oh, and for future reference, I want uh, if you guys are artists yourselves uh, of whatever genre. I think it would be insanely dope if you guys send me links or, you know, on any social media, just, you know, fucking at me in the link or whatever. And, uh, and I'll check out your, your record or your album. And mind you, I won't just put it on there just for the sake of putting it on there. Although I do appreciate your interaction. I have to really be feeling the track. I think that's very important. So, um, but I still think it's a, a dope ass, you know, like community type take on the whole playlist structure. So if you guys are artists and you're doing your shit and you have music that you want to share um, at the the channel and on through any of the avenues and I'll give it a listen and see if I'll throw it on the playlist and I, I don't I don't know guys I just think it's so dope and it community wise it just opens the door for so much dope shit you know to have you guys featured or be like you know some chick say she sent me a track and I featured it in November's playlist and then we're watching her progress because she's part of the community and later on in December she releases another single or some shit and then I, you know, I feature that shit and it just, you know, a give and give. I think that shit is insanely dope when a, you know, when a system can thrive off of itself like that. So I really look forward to that shit. So if you guys got links, post them, um, just get them to me, however, and I'll give them a listen, support you guys. Cause, uh, I appreciate you supporting me. So fuck, it's the least I could do. Right. Um, I believe that's the updates for now if there's anything i forgot i'll include it later on in the podcast but i'm pretty sure that's it um so now to get into today's topics i wanted to start off with an older topic that i just want to touch on uh stranger things too now there will be spoilers ahead so i'll just skip uh skip a little bit in the podcast if you don't want spoilers but uh stranger things 2 so i watched the first one as with the whole world and i thought it was dope as fuck even when they first showed uh the trailer was making its rounds on youtube you know even the trailer went viral this was probably a year prior to the actual release and it looked like yeah like super i related it immediately to et because they had the bike scene in it and um i don't know it just looked 
odd and mysterious and unique and super sci-fi super you know what is it 80s i mean that shit looked uh it looked interesting to say the least and then watched it thought it was dope as fuck the concept you know uh unique in its own right while hearkening back to what inspired it and and showing that off glorifying it which i think is insanely dope if an artist in any medium can pull that off um and i think the duffer brothers did insanely fucking well at that um but yeah so my overall review of the first season i've i loved it uh as with most and i couldn't wait for the second season and overall i thought the second season was it was good but the first season was great so mind you um uh, a couple things that i thought were awesome i thought the billy character hit directly on like he's like the best fitting character for that era right like what they did was fucking amazing and and what he did as the actor i mean it was fucking it was insanely impressive um i i thought that character was super interesting i thought max was max was so so you know she was kind of flat uh clearly just like i don't know i I wish she had more personality a, a little bit more but i guess she is the quiet independent type you know and abused by her brother either verbally uh physically when he grabs her hand in that scene um so maybe that would make her more of an introvert but regardless uh the billy character was spot on i have a fucking nino that i feel like that was that was him motherfucker like he was the inspiration and uh and a nino if you don't know is just like a godfather it's like your fucking uncle that baptized you right so I have a Nino that fucking dressed exactly like that shit. Jeans way too tight than they should be. All that shit. Yeah, I fucking remember that shit, you know. But uh, for sure put it on blast. So, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that character hit uh, that era right on the head. Like, it was so synonymous. Like, he fit so well. Um, thoughts on the infamous, what was it, episode 7? the uh i guess character arc character building episode um i don't know why such a rapid change in pace you know it i get story wise clearly story wise to me that episode is obviously setting up for next season you know we're gonna see Eleven's sister um we're likely gonna see them uh team up I would imagine, or buttheads, that might be a dope, uh, unique take on it, but, um, clearly that's setting up for next season, I feel like, and it was, it just felt so like, okay, well, here's where, you know, the, the hero learns, or, you know, overcomes what they're dealing with, or, you know, just develops the skills that they need to defeat the monster, it just felt so obvious, you know, and uh that to me was the standout if you guys have seen uh the beyond the show show uh 
which I think is a kind of dope concept. I really appreciated it. Um, if you guys watch that, the Duffer brothers talk about wanting that, that, uh, environment of what is it? Chicago, I believe they wanted it to be, um, you know, somewhat reminiscent of like the gritty street movies and shit, like the warriors of that era. And it's like, I don't know. It felt so, so forced, so fucking forced. Um, it was, uh, it was out of place to say the least. Um, I, I won't forgive that episode. It was, it caught me off guard and I was like, what the fuck? I was watching that one one night as I was like falling asleep and I had to watch it the next day because I was like, I don't know if I was fucking dreaming or what the fuck. And I was like, oh no, the episode's just shit. So, uh, surprise there. So Duffer Brothers, I don't forgive you for that shit. But, um, I thought the ending was cool, how ominous it was, um, without being very specific, you know, that's, that's one thing that they touched on, on the after show, is that they were kind of, they almost laid out, like, they, they certainly alluded to the plot of season two at the end of season one, um, with, with, um, Finn, no, not Finn, uh, with Will coughing up the, leech type thing the the baby demigorgon or whatever um they they kind of gave you a glimpse at the entire plot of season two which i don't know i i I do appreciate how ominous uh season two ended and especially once i think it's worth watching if you guys invested all that time in the show I recommend you you check out the after show because um there's a lot of dope little what I really appreciated was the the dope references to movies that inspired them that I didn't even catch initially. I thought that was, you know, there there's so fucking many in it. It's just I don't know, it's awesome. Uh so I appreciate that for sure. And um as far as where the story will go, I think we'll see Eleven's sister come back, obviously, and I think they'll need to team up to take down whatever this this new creature is that's looming over uh, the town, and I think we'll see Hopper, uh, <laughs> I think we'll see Hopper finally get with um, Winona Ryder's character, Joyce, and uh for sure, Bob will be forgotten, (laughs) it's so fucked up, the way they got rid of Bob, um, but now, in retrospect, I kind of feel like that was obvious, like, he was such a pure character, so it was like, either he's gonna be evil, you know, he's gonna be evil himself, because he's so pure, or he's gonna be the sacrifice, and clearly, it was like, oh, well, he's the sacrifice, sitting there fucking getting eaten alive, while the camera's just watching the goddamn dude, (laughs) um, I do appreciate the violence shown in that scene, though, I thought that was somewhat impactful, because I didn't expect that from Stranger Things, um, and, yeah, I guess that's the recap, uh, it was good, not great, the first season was great, um, 
I just hope they learn from the speed bump that was episode seven. Uh, I get that you got to do your character building, man, but please do it more seamlessly next time. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, yeah, so good, not great. All right, now next topic, guys. I wanted to touch on briefly this motherfucker, Oscar De La Hoya, calling out Conor motherfucking McGregor. Um, you know, saying saying some wild shit. Like, he's in the best condition he's ever been in. Fuck out of here, De La Hoya. Come on, man. Um, I think this works, obviously, for Mayweather. Because Mayweather is, like, a one-in-a-million athlete. Just and, and what's crucial is that Mayweather is so precise, but even more so, he's so defensive. And so I think that's key to retaining not only your speed, but your precision, your skill, and all that is, extru- you know, it's, it's demanded of you in boxing, especially at the elite level. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I think, obviously, uh, do I need to say Oscar's looking for a paycheck? Um... I and and I think he gets beat easily and he kept in the quote on Golden Boy Radio or whatever the fuck good good self promotion motherfucker um but you know like he he says repeatedly give me two rounds I'll knock him out in two rounds um I think that's and he and he says it I think like five times or some shit and it's clearly the line that he wanted taken from it um and I think it's just more so just meant to rile up Connor, you know, to be like, fuck you, dude. Like, what are you even talking about? Um, I think with Connor's, I mean, we have yet to see him fight again in the UFC, but I'm confident that with Connor's precision and his strength or, or his power rather, um, and his newly developed, you know, rounded set of skills that he's bringing from boxing to the octagon and now hopefully back to the um the ring for this fight i which i do hope to see actually you know uh but i think with all those attributes he really does uh beat de la hoya i would say i would say he knocks him out i would say it's a tko in maybe the seventh round yeah, let's go with that. A super ignorant, random-ass guess. <laughs> Not informed at all, but fuck it if I'm right. That shit is magical. <laughs> um, No, but regardless, I feel like, yeah, this is clearly just a, a you know, wanting a paycheck. He saw um, Mayweather. He saw him right off into the sunset with that big-ass bag of money. And he said that, you know, give me that. I want a piece. So, um... It's extremely obvious. He said that's the one fight he'll come back for. Um, I don't know, Oscar, man. I think uh, he'll certainly get his paycheck. And and if nothing else, which I have, obviously, in this fight, I'm rooting for Connor. If not, even just on a skills level, also on a athlete, you know, persona, personal level. Just because oscar's comments leading into the mayweather fight were were disgusting to me they might have just been for promotion because it got his name in the news cycle by him you know 
damning the fight, saying that it's, you know, an insult to boxing. Oh, but now you want a peace, motherfucker, huh? I don't know. It just so shows a lack of integrity, I guess. You know, that he's so willing to flip-flop and shit. And, and it's, I guess it's obvious that was for publicity. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that shit's super gross. Like, you know, being like that, that entire fucking fossil mentality where it's like we it's either boxing or ufc like no motherfucker they, they coexist and they coexist amazingly like boxing is super precise and you know mma like anything can fucking happen there's so many skill sets like both of them if you're a fan of fighting you're likely a fan of both i don't think i think it takes a pretty ignorant fan to just be like ah well fuck yeah, well no I, I guess not an ignorant fan uh, I was going to say it takes an ignorant fan to like one and not the other. So say, for example, MMA and not boxing. But I think that's kind of short-sighted and lumps everyone into a box. Because I understand if you like MMA more than boxing. I understand if you like boxing more than MMA because it's like you're a traditionalist. You like that point scoring system. You like all that shit. For me, that shit just is too it has the stench of fucking corruption all over it, and so it's like, you're gonna see the, the right athlete win when the stars align, and otherwise, you're gonna see all this rigged shit, you know, whether it's them changing weight so that someone comes in massively underweight and fucking powerless, essentially, like, I don't, it's just, it gets gross, man, it's hardly a sport at that point, right, it's you trying to manipulate it, it's you trying to manipulate sport, for entertainment and that shit is completely off-putting but when you get into the actual sport of boxing athlete and athlete um i love that shit i fucking love it it's just a different game it's like you know it's very precise it's like chess right and every now and then you do get fucking knockouts like this recent fight i i forget who who the fuck it was but the first round knockout i mean i'm sure you guys are fucking familiar um but getting back to my thoughts on the fight, I think uh, overall, my, my overall takeaway is I think it's dope as fuck for Connor because it only cements, you know, more so cements his legacy and it's another big paycheck for him. And obviously, you know, he's going to be sniffing out those paychecks in, in really whatever sport he's, he's fucking bigger than and he, you know, he's bigger than either sport, and that's fucking phenomenal, and it's rare that you see an athlete, you know, really not only understand that, process that, but then go forward and use that, you know, and to their advantage, you know, where he can fight in either, and, uh, I, I don't know, I hope we see this fight, um, I give it a late 2017 date, um, we'll have to see you guys. I mean, are you guys interested in it? Is it, is it, uh, insulting to the sport of boxing? Like, you know, kind of like these freak show fights. Um, well, I don't know. I say quote unquote freak show. Cause I think Connor's a worthy opponent, although it is debated. If you are a top level boxer, you know, I, I understand your malice or, or just being pissed off in general, you know, at, at some other athlete just coming in leapfrogging everything and vice versa going back into the UFC and you know um and well not defending his title I guess not being in the UFC I don't know I get the criticism um 
I say fuck it, you know, obviously, be an opportunist, we're all only here for a short amount of time, and especially with, you know, such a extreme sport, you know, like, I guess, sports, so for MMA and boxing, you know, this shit takes a toll on your body, so you gotta strike while the motherfucking iron is hot, and it's rare that you reap these many benefits, you know, um, so I love it, I love it for Connor, um, it's fun, I'm rooting against De La Hoya, I wanna see him embarrass himself, um, but I know he's, you know, it's not like he's, he's not a worthy opponent, he's, uh, you know, his legacy does resonate. It's just more so his recent comments that upset me. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll be talking about it again in months to come. And hopefully we'll be watching it in late 2017. Um, sorry, guys. My fucking throat is dry as shit. Um, all right. Now on... I guess a more touchy subject. Um, Louis C.K. recently, well, recently he's facing these allegations for, I don't know if it's necessarily forcing himself on women, but certainly, you know, as, as he stated, using his power and his position to advance himself in these fucking... Uh, disgusting ways, you know, just fucking jacking off in front of bitches and shit, um, I don't know, I, I write that off as, like, it's, like, a quirk, like, a sexual quirk, and that's, like, you know, like, some people are just freaky-deaky motherfuckers, right, like, everyone has their shit, well, um, as far as the odd behavior, I think that's what it is, I'm by no means dismissing it as, oh, well, it's just a quirk, we all have them, you know, no, by no means do I mean it in that way, um, but, uh, I just wanted to touch on my thoughts on his statement, and, um, I, I think that him taking time away is smart, and being completely upfront about his wrongdoing is is very smart and it's somewhat respectful especially when you have so many allegations coming out against so many stars and for the most part them taking the defensive you know he it was interesting seeing i mean there was obviously truth to the allegations that's undeniable um you know when he pulled his premiere that night that the allegations leaked um it was clear that there was truth to it uh, at least to me and um I don't know, I, with this shit, it's, it's hard to say, because I know the move for most guys is to, oddly enough, actually, the fucking move is for them to come to Arizona and go to fucking therapy, um, somewhere in Phoenix or some shit, maybe it's Scottsdale, because uh, I watch the local news every morning, pretty much, and I swear they ship these motherfuckers over here, bro, like, I don't know what it is about Arizona and fucking it's it's gross, get these fucks out of here, um, but I don't know if that therapy necessarily works, or if they're even going for, you know, going there genuinely for treatment, they might just be like, oh, well, uh, my PR team says this is what I should do, and look at me, I'm, I'm conducting myself as I should, going to get therapy, see, I'm normal now, guys, but, you know, I, I don't know, it, it just seems like a, 
a PR stunt most of the time. Like they feel they're doing it because they feel obligated and rarely does anything get solved. But who's to say? I mean, maybe they genuinely do understand that they need help and they're they're genuinely trying to change. It's it's hard to say, man. Um but I also wanted to touch on if I think he will have a career. Cause I've I've heard that thrown around and I think obviously you know, with it being Louis C.K. And, and even more so being a comedian, I think that's actually extremely important. Um, and I'll touch on that in a second. I think he for sure has a career. Not only that, but I think one of the voices in this generation with one of the most in-demand opinions on just society as a whole has a whole new special's worth of material. And uh, that may be kind of fucked up to say, but I think it's true. I think whenever he decides to come back and say he releases, a, you know, the special and just puts it all out there, talks candidly with the audience and, of course, has jokes in between. Um, I actually think it, it's a rare situation, I think, where a comedian can get through a situation like this, like a damning career blow by creating material off of it i think it um i mean his material was so in line with this prude type shit anyways and and by no means do i mean that oh well see it fits right in with the act but i think that it it will fit seamlessly into who we know as louis ck and uh I think that transparency and honesty is always going to be most crucial. Um, and I, I don't know, guys. I feel like, yes, like we'll hear more than ever from him in maybe two to three years. And I, I say that he comes out with a special and it's, or oddly enough, because Infamy sells, it's one of the best selling specials. And uh, everyone talks about it for, you know, for weeks, if not months. Um, now kind of in the same note, still in super touchy territory, um, there's a recent IGN debacle, or rather, um, allegations made towards one of their, I think he was a host, Vince Enginito. The only reason I know of this is one, I heard it on Philly D shouts out to philly d shouts out to the nation um i'm surely part of the nation i have been for fucking years now um it's been what like three years four years uh either way um i one heard about it on philly d and two i i watch ign content pretty regularly uh and i know of you know i've seen a couple of vince ingenito's videos and he seemed like I, I don't know. I, it doesn't do shit to say he seemed like a, like a genuine person because obviously that's being recorded and, you know, someone might act completely different. But um, I just wanted to touch briefly on because the allegations made seem to be, you know, just uh, sexual comments made and, you know, out of, I guess, out of... Um, they just weren't mutually called for comments it was just yeah like 
fucking it was shitty pickup lines essentially like oh well i used to go all night when i was 20 years ago what i would do for one more night like that and just some fucking terrible pickup lines right like what the fuck like you're trying to get slapped bro like you know but I don't know, so it was shit like that, and my main gripe is it was handled poorly by IGN, because the IGN crew, um, several hosts, and, you know, behind-the-scenes editors are, um, not protesting, but they're just, uh, yeah, I guess in their way, protesting, they're just, they refused to work until IGN had released a statement, and address the mishandling of the situation, I feel like that's obvious, you know, that the, the situation was blatantly mishandled, and I think these, these situations like this are common, and even more tragically, they're commonly mishandled, um, so I have no, you know, issues with that, I think that's, you know, they, everyone has that right to be outraged, and it is upsetting, for, you know, IGN to find out that they're conducting their business that way and just giving each of them a slap on the wrist without further investigation. Um, it's extremely fucked up and uh, fucking dismissive as fuck. I mean, I don't know. It's it's gross. But one thing that I wanted to touch on, and, and it's a common theme, it really doesn't uh, pertain to this in specific. It more so pertains, pertains to all of these allegations. Uh, one thing that's interesting is like, I think it's inherently hazardous to have any situation where you don't consider both sides subjectively. So consider their stories subjectively. Now that comes off and, and this is why it's touchy as fuck. I think that can easily come off as, oh, you're saying doubt the fucking victim. Um, no no, not, not, I'm not saying that, I'm saying it's to damn someone without further investigation is also hazardous, it's, it's very, um, I don't know, it's, it's binary, it's just not how I feel like these situations should, should be handled, and, um, and, and, the way that it actually does pertain to this IGN story, sorry, I'm backtracking as fuck, um, <clears throat> the way that it does pertain to it is, you know, this lady had come out, told her story, which she's brave for, but then, um, the guy being accused, Vince Enginito, in this case, um, released a group of screenshotted text conversations, which, doesn't mean the most, I mean, you know, that shit's all extremely, I mean, I mean use precaution looking at that shit, because not only is it a screenshot of what he wanted to show you, but it is exactly what he wanted, was he, what he was comfortable with showing you, rather, um, but he, he had, his side of the story, he was mentioning, you know, he, it came off very authentic and honest to me, and I feel like that shouldn't be gross to say, you know, uh, I think, and that's the common way that people treat this, is like, oh, what the fuck, you actually believe that piece of shit, you know, I, I get it, I get that, um, the situation is extremely touchy, and it's, it is, um, divisive, you know, but I'm just saying that, you know, he seemed to be extremely honest about it, saying that he likely misread 
where their friendship was. She had asked him, you know, uh, or told him stories of her sexual life or, or something of that nature. And so he was led to believe that they were, you know, just that over time you take these cues and you don't just ask someone, oh, so are we this cool now? Like, are we, yeah, can we talk about this? You know, you just take social cues, right? And so I don't know, like just just society as a whole. I mean, the way humans interact, it's so, it's so fucking hazardous. And then us combing through it with a fine tooth comb and like witch honey people and and damning them without fully without fully seeing an investigation and who might be right or wrong um i don't think anyone should lose their career you know but i don't know i just wanted to touch on that and it was super scatterbrained as fuck but the overall takeaway was just i think we need to be extremely cautious with not only such a touchy subject but with a such a damning subject for either party and it's hazardous in nature in any place to believe someone without question and or or rather just without seeing the full story unfold you know so i don't know i just uh food for thought i guess you guys give me your thoughts um this is an open conversation that we are having so you guys let me know how you feel or not because those subjects were super touchy and uh i debated even talking about them but they were something that i i had thoughts on and i wanted to share those with you guys so um if you guys care to talk about it hit me up as always um now we're definitely going to get into more lighthearted shit thank god um I wanted to start the upcoming sneaker release segment that I had talked about, um, where I just recap all of the sneakers coming out that weekend into the following week, and uh, and obviously stopping at like that Friday. So I'll, I, ideally, I'll do this every Friday show going forward. I know you guys are likely hearing this on Thursday, but. Um, going forward it will probably be on that friday show and it will be regular unless you guys are not interested or it gets boring i mean as always your guys's feedback is crucial as fuck so let's get into these motherfucking sneakers um if you guys want to follow along i'm just following uh sneaker news's upcoming releases um that tab on their website so let's see let's start on what the 16th yeah the 16th okay so november 16th we have the nike air vapor max mock coming out in a green colorway um I do not like this design, guys. It, it's the it's the VaporMax design that has the Nike branded like wrap over it. It looks like a fucking headband or some shit. Um now I, initially when I first saw this design, I didn't mind it cuz this was the first one that I had seen, but there is the new design that directly knocks off 
the Comme des Garçons uh, collaboration from last, what was it, early in the year? Yeah, for sure not last year, but earlier in the year. And um, I like that design 10 times better. Uh, it just flows better. It's not as obtrusive to the design as this. Um, I don't know. It's a drop for sure. Uh, those will probably hit sale. And then the Nike Air Force are Nike SF Air Force One Force is female pack. Um, or not a pack, I guess, just a high. Now, shout out to the ladies. They got one with this motherfucker. Um, I think this actually looks dope as fuck. I don't like the patent leather, but I think that's also what makes it somewhat girly. Like, I don't know, just because it's shiny. Um, <laughs> uh, super ignorant, but, but, um the color is what I like the most from this, because in this photo, it looks black, like just a, a flat black, or the, the back is like a mesh, so it's like a matte black, and then the uh, front mid panel up to the toe is um, patent leather, but from other photos I've seen, better photos I've seen, um, it's like an odd deep brown slash purple color, doesn't sound nearly as flattering but it looks dope as fuck um that color wise like like but 230 nike is out of their fucking mind i mean i think they'll i don't know i don't i don't think they'll sell out that's too high i think they'll go on sale and then slowly start to trickle out but i don't know i don't know if girls fuck with you know bulky ass air force ones like that especially these are like what Especially on a girl, these shits are like mid-calf. Maybe that's that's for sure an exaggeration, but they're high-ass shoes. Um, and like bulky, like they look like a boot. So, I don't know. I, I definitely know that they could be pulled off. I just don't know if girls are fucking with them like that. So, um, then we have the Nike Zoom Fly Triple Black. Um, it just looks like, you know basic running shoe uh, i like the big swoosh design across the toe box and and you know fucking reaching all the way back to damn near the ankle um but other than that it's you know 150 isn't terrible but it for sure is you know going on sale it's just, it's just like a basic nike running shoe um now november 17th um, the Nike Air Max 97 OG Black and Volt. This colorway is gorgeous. Um, I'm not familiar with the 97 lineage and all that, uh, like the actual OG colorways and shit. I just know that this colorway looks retro as fuck. Um, obviously probably because it's OG, but it just, as far as like, I'm looking at it from purely aesthetics, you know, clearly it can be worn as a, a retro ass runner in whatever fit and, and the, the Volt air bubble is crucial. I love when Nike puts Volt air bubbles on their shoes because I think it is a clean pop of color without the shoe being too loud. I, I love seeing that. Um, that I think will sell, will sell out for 160 yeah, I see that selling out. Um, 
now the Nike Zoom Vapor Tour Air Jordan 3 Atmos. Um, these are gorgeous. Uh, I don't know if people wear them casually. I haven't really seen many photos on Instagram or or Twitter or whatever, but uh, I think it could be worn casually, especially with a technical look like that. I like that they found a way to make the uh, the leather more functional in, in that it has like the slits down the eyelid panel. Um, so hopefully it'll give you the mobility of like, a, say, a fly knit. Well, for sure it won't be to the degree of a fly knit, but it, it will be better than an all leather upper. I like it. I mean, the Atmos colorway is gorgeous. So, um, now the Nike Kobe AD mid, uh, it's not terrible, but it's not my cup of tea. You know, I mean, most people aren't really fucking with, uh, traditional basketball shoes nowadays. I don't even know how they perform. I would like to see from a dude that never fucking plays basketball hasn't in fucking years but yeah i do like to watch nightwings videos admittedly the performance videos and i said they're like huh well if i ever decide to fucking you know get on the court then i know what to fucking wear uh fucking ridiculous but i don't know it doesn't look terrible it's gray with an orange swoosh and an icy outsole uh clean uh basic I don't know what you'd expect. Nothing special. Um, now the Adidas NMD City Sock Gore-Tex in both the black colorway and the black and what is it? White stripe or black and no gray and white stripe or white and gray stripe. Fuck. And then a black outsole. Um, these look dope as fuck. Uh, two twenty is steep but uh it's it's clearly because you're getting that Gore-Tex technology and I think it's dope for Adidas to embrace this for the winter I wonder if they keep the warmth or if it's just strictly you know it's just released in the winter but it's more so in rainy weather like it obviously doesn't have any insulation still a fucking sock to my knowledge um I don't know how much the Gore-Tex would insulate it either because from my understanding, it is supposed to keep water out while keeping the ventilation properties of, of the knit. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see a review of that. Um, they look dope, though. I, I like the, the simple all-black upper on the white outsole. It's gorgeous. All right, the Adidas Palace Pro chewy cannon what a fucking name um i like it. it has like a volt translucent outsole it's simple if you're into that like traditional uh adidas lineage type sneaker low-cut sneaker that type of shit um i think it's it's dope it's it's are these fucking maroon laces they look maroon in the photo. If they are maroon, I think that's dope. I think that little offset of color is crucial. Um, I don't know how limited they are. Maybe because they're palace. Since they're palace, I'm going to go with they'll be gone. You know, they're going to sell out. Otherwise, I do think they would sit. They're nice, though. Don't get me wrong. They're nice. I just think that's a very, still a pretty niche audience for, like, the traditional 
um, Adidas silhouettes, like the old school Adidas silhouettes. Uh, now the Adidas Palace Pro Benny Fairfax. So this is a similar sneaker to the last one. It's so way <laughs> I'm super fucking uneducated in this shit, guys. I've I've fucking um I've not followed sneakers religiously like I used to for some time now. And I I don't know if it's actually a palace collab or if that's just the name of the shoe. I actually think it's the name of the shoe. And now, as you can imagine, I feel extremely fucking stupid. And you guys are probably like, oh, well, what the fuck? Deleting that podcast. Uh, no, give me a chance. I, uh, <laughs> this shit is, um, so the Adidas Palace Pro. Okay, that's the name of the sneaker. I got it. Um, the Benny Fairfax. It's similar to the last one. It's white with black stripes. Um, and a translucent blue bottom. These I don't like really at all. As a pop of color, but has nothing much going on for it. All right, trying to blaze through these because if you guys don't like sneakers, I know this can probably drag on. Um, and and it, I think it's also dope to give split second decision or not split second decisions, but split second opinions rather, right? So all right, um, November eighteenth. Uh, we've got the Nike LeBron 15 Pride of Ohio. Uh, it's like this. So picture the LeBron 15 Ashes, but with a slightly darker upper. Um, and then a tan midsole. I think this shit looks gorgeous. And then red flywire. I, I think that shit looks gorgeous. Um, I actually... I actually am a big fan of the LeBron 15. I think it's the best Nike has done with that line in a while. Um, obviously, it's just unfortunate timing that people aren't wearing technical basketball sneakers um, casually anymore. But I think if this were to release even two years ago, everyone would be on it. And and uh, that's kind of... That's, fucking obvious to me it's gorgeous i really like the look of the just seeing nike do something different with the knit and giving it those scales i think uh nike really hit it out of the park with the 15 and just because of the time that they release people don't really give them that much credit i don't feel um but gorgeous colorway if you guys are in the market for a lebron 15 i would probably wait for them to go on sale i don't know if they're still going on sale like they used to but um i would probably wait because 185 is pretty steep uh but it's not a bad choice either way um now the dornbecker releases the nike air max uptempo dornbecker um guys i don't know what to say without trying to be i don't want to be insulting this these sneakers are just very it's very obvious that they're designed by a child and that's not bad. It's it's implied and it's rare that you're going to get a child to design a sneaker and it appeal to grown fucking adults, right? I mean the sentiment is beautiful. I I I commend Nike for the Dorm Record program. I think it's fucking awesome and I don't see much like it anywhere else by certainly by big companies, you know. Um and they consistently do it. It's it's even to sneaker, even to sneaker fucking followers, I guess. Like sneakerheads, you know, we we know about them and we care about them. And I 
think it's dope as fuck that Nike made this, uh, not only, not only noticed, but popular, uh, I, I commend them forever, so the up-tempo, you know, it's got a clear child influence, um, the Vapormax Dornbecker, it's probably the most wearable, I want to say, for an adult, because, you know, it's, it's typical that you get workout wear that is, has volt or pops of colors, and this is essentially just a split upper vapor max that has volt hits and blue hits with purple laces i think that's the most wearable i think especially in the gym like you could work out with them um and it and it is perfectly in place what i do really like about this colorway and i think the kid did well on like extremely well is uh the black translucent bubble to contrast with the volt i think that looks fucking phenomenal now only if the upper were like white or some shit but i understand man like even just me saying that shit i'm like man if i told that to a kid they would be like that's fucking boring as shit you piece of shit i'd be like you know what you're you're probably right uh but you know it needs to be slightly more subtle to wear casually um but it's not bad it is not bad uh now the nike pg1 i i don't know if this is a brown i think it's black with a fade on the strap and a lined nike swoosh and what is that some like a cement pattern on the uh midsole a speckle um it's it's a basic basketball fodder i like the design of it um and I like the way that the yellow lining the swoosh pops. I really like that, actually. Uh, for 110, that's extremely reasonable. Fuck, kudos to Nike. You see, I don't follow the the like the like uh, signature basketball sneakers that closely anymore. But um, with Nike coming out with this shit and releasing it for 110, dope, dope. Props to you, Nike. That is dope to see. Um... Now the Air Max Thea Ultra Flyknit Dornbecker, uh, it is exactly what she wanted it to be, I'm guessing. It is very, extremely girly, and, uh, the Flyknit looks dope, I guess, and, uh, I'll give it that, but it, it definitely, as long as that's everything that she wanted it to be, I think it, I don't know, it's, uh, I like the Flyknit, <laughs> All right, now the Nike Air Hirachi Run Ultra Dornbecker. Um, first off, I'm a bit biased. I don't like the model at all. I don't really like Hirachis that much, period. But certainly this, you know, modern type updated with anything with like fuse type shit, I, I don't really care for. Um, but as far as colorway, it's kind of busy. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it's wearable. It isn't terrible though. And it I like the light blue. I like the use of the orange. Um I wish he didn't use white on it. But I don't know. Maybe the white makes it pop. Who the fuck am I to say? Dope on you, dude, for getting your own shoe. Um that's yeah, that's more than I've fucking done. Shit. Well, uh now the Nike SB Stefan Janowski doing Becker. 
Um, I'm over the Janoskis, but I really like the yellow piping on these. Um, I don't know if they have a special type of outsole. It looks like it's translucent. Uh, and, and it probably has some dope shit under it. In this picture, it doesn't show, though. I really like the yellow piping. I wish the blue were a deeper blue. But again, probably my, you know, slightly older opinion, making a shoe boring to like a kid. So the, the laces are actually a deeper blue. And I wish the the blue panels on the shoe were that color blue. It's it's like a deep slate blue. I don't know, maybe they're speckled. These, these pictures are shit, but um, I just wish it were a deeper blue. And uh, kudos for the fucking yellow piping. I think that shit is fire. And to make a Janoski even look appealing is fucking hats off to that kid. That shit is dope. Um, all right, I guess we have the Adidas Yeezy 350 Boost V2 Semi-Frozen Yellow releasing this week. What the fuck? I don't know why Ye decided to put the gum sole on these bitches, but it is so... It, like, I don't know. I get this is a, an extremely divisive shoe in general. The overall commentary I've seen on it on Twitter and shit, if that's any indication, is... uh that is shit and it's baffling why adidas released it uh, let me let me try and be positive i one first off i could get it out of the fucking way i don't know why they put the gum sole on there again I, it just fucking baffles me it, it breaks up the shoe in such a weird fucking way i think angles on this shit are going to be terrible because maybe from the side it looks okay because it looks like the gum wraps completely around the outsole but it, it's only from the front down the bottom of the sneaker to a portion of the back. And I think that shit looks so fucking off. Like, it, it just fucks up the whole silhouette, in my opinion. Even, like, and I had just gone on a rant on the last podcast talking about how I'm tired of seeing so many fucking V2s or just sock upper Yeezys in general. It feels like it's so overdone. This, to me let me get into the redeeming qualities and, and just trying to be positive here. I think I appreciate the pop of color regardless of what color. And, I, and I'm a fan of Volt. Now, don't get me wrong. I think these are going to be difficult to pull off. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a fucking challenge. Don't get me wrong. But when they've given you, when Adidas has the most color they've given you on this sneaker is like the fucking, the zebra colorway with black and white obviously gorgeous but it's like as far as color this shit has been deprived and i really like the color i like that navy swirling i think it works in a weird way on this colorway and i like the way the red hits it maybe if it had a clear cream outsole you know just to calm it the fuck down a bit i don't know um supposedly this is going to be limited if what i've heard previously is true still and uh so i i think obviously it'll it's gonna it's a yeezy it's gonna sell out no matter what who the fuck are we kidding but it is um i don't know it's it's refreshing i'll give it that trying to stay positive um all right the adidas harden volume one in this pink colorway or tannish maybe uh with a gum outsole uh it 
is a basketball sneaker. Yet again, guys, just like the Kobe. No knock on Harden. I think it's just it's just not my cup of tea. So it's just like, eh, okay. Um, what is exciting, though, is this next sneaker, the Woey or Why uh, an Asics Gel Light 3. This thing is fucking gorgeous, guys. With a gray upper. I need to see more detailed pictures. I'm sure the details are amazing. Holy fuck. That Asics logo on the inside of the sneaker that's all pink. That shit pops. Um, This is... Asics comes out with some dope inline shit as well. I know that's kind of like... You know, that's not talking about this sneaker. But for example, that veg tan pair that had two different types of leather. Or two different colorways of leather, rather. That shit was, uh, I, you know, I just, I, I do plan on still buying it for sure. It's like fucking $60 now, maybe 70. You can find it for extremely cheap, but I just can't help but think if that would have came out two years to even a year ago, maybe that shit would have been gone. Like, uh, there was a time where everyone on YouTube was reviewing ASICs fucking, um, what is the other fucking Saucony? Yeah. And, you know, now that shit's kind of died down. I still fuck with Asics, though. I mean, I think the shit is gorgeous. It kind of, if you think about it, in a way, it kind of started us into this intro- reintroduction of the retro technical training sneaker or technical running sneaker. And then, well, aside from Nike is kind of how I'm speaking on this because Nike, obviously, their lineage is like running shit. So they can pull out an Air Max 1 at any time and it's going to be just as relevant, you know. But as far as like the whole trend, maybe this kind of got it, got us started in this direction. And now, obviously, fashion typically takes it in an extreme. And now we have these bulky ass dad sneakers. So I don't know. Kudos to Woey or yeah well i i need to look up more photos of this this is a for sure cop uh i think it's gonna sell out you know um all right now speaking of saucony the premier saucony freedom runner stormlight uh this shit is boring to me the colorway is pretty bad i like the mixture of leather on the back and suede on the mid panel and some odd type of suede on the toe uh, but color colorway wise, I think this is ass. It's it's pretty bad. The brown and the orange clash pretty bad. I think the orange is or the black on the toe rather is gross on it. Um, a gum outsole very expected, and it and the midsole it it's on some fucking it being the Freedom Runner. It's like it looks like Saucony's take on like on Boost or some shit. It's like a foam esque looking midsole i don't know not dope not hobby uh all right now the overkill puma disc blaze puffy boys pack um i haven't seen this previously i really fuck with this puma disc blaze i like that it looks retro as fuck i mean it has a a gray outsole or a gray midsole rather a gray toe uh a black cage and then a teal upper with a red hit on the back. I think this shit looks dope. It looks extremely retro. Um, I don't know the story behind it. The Puma hit under the cage. Looks like it's some interesting material as well. Um, but I fuck with the disc blaze. I like that radical 
design and in fact fun fact um ronnie's disc blaze had that pack with the uh blue toe and what was it i think like the cove and then the not salmon what the fuck was it i'm forgetting it it was so long ago but those were those might have been the first sneakers that got me into ronnie's shit i know those were the first sneakers that i i splurged on resale and I was like, fuck it, I need these. You guys don't understand. I think that shit was my wallpaper at one point. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of embarrassing, but fuck it. I'm inspired by design, and that shit is undeniably gorgeous to me, that collab. And so is this. It's very dope. Um, I'm going to go with because it's... I was going to say because it's a collab, it'll sell out. I don't think that holds true uh, unless it's extremely limited. I think because it's a disc blaze... And I don't think people really, people really fuck with them like that. Um, I think it's going to sit. We, we might see it go on sale. Um, but definitely, good job by Overkill. Dope shit. Um, now the second part of the pack, the Pafefi Boys pack. I'm probably fucking that up. It, it looks like it's a type of alcohol. In these product photos, there's like some type of fucking alcohol in the bottle or in the in the bottle for sure there's alcohol in the bottle but they're in the back of the fucking shoe goddamn um and it looks like a bottle of like tangeray or some shit i think that's how you say it i don't drink much i i don't fucking know um but the second part of the pack is the overkill puma blaze cage um i like the speckling of color on this it's a bit too busy for me i actually it plays it pretty subtle i mean the outsole is mint the uh wrap of the ankle is mint and then the uh logos on the on where the tongues would be it's like a one piece upper but on the tongue placement the logo is red so it's actually subtle i think that for sure will go on sale just because it's not a known puma model but um not bad good job overkill that that shit surprised me um now November 20th, getting into, what is that, next week, um, let's see, yeah, that would be Monday, okay, the David Beckham and Adidas Accelerator Turf Predator Collection, I'm assuming these are just, like, uh, like, they're for soccer field performance, or maybe street performance, I don't know, it looks, uh, it's dope to see David Beckham doing his shit, yeah, what the fuck am I saying? That's dope, man. Um, but yeah, one has a odd, like, street-style-looking outsole, like a very low-profile outsole that I haven't seen before. Uh, and the second one, the David Beckham and Adidas Accelerator Ultra Boost Predator Collection. Um, it looks dope on an Ultra Boost outsole. Ultra Boost needs something different. It needs something radical like this i think that'll sell out for sure um you know people need a reason to buy more boost and they're certainly getting tired of the shit we that might be an upcoming topic actually people are completely turning on boost and ultra boost and you know jeff staple recently said some shit like he had a wall 40 40 sneakers high or some shit all ultra boost and he can't even put on a pair anymore just because they're so outdated I don't know, maybe that'll be one of next week's topics, I have some thoughts on that, um, but for sure, I'm moving the right direction, I like where Adidas is headed with that, and kudos to David Beckham, all right, now November 21st, 
the Nike Air Max 97 Plus and the Nike Air Max Plus 97. Now, these are hybrids done right, in my opinion. They're very subtle in just black and white colorways, black uppers, white outsoles, um, or white, white midsole on the 97 Plus. Uh, well, no, both of them have white midsoles, my bad. And then the outsole is black again. Uh, they look ultra sleek. I think that's kind of, it's, it's good to do a hybrid in that way. Hybrids usually are extremely tough to pull off. I think these are both gorgeous, but I'm also open to Nike changing silhouettes. I don't look at that necessarily so much as sacrilege. And I know a lot of people will, you know, they're fucking disgusted when Nike changes a, a silhouette. So I, I fuck with both of them. What is it? 175 for the 97 plus. That one looks ultra sleek. You could wear it formally, maybe, or or not formally, but like, you could, yeah, you could go out on a date with that shit. Fuck yeah. What the fuck? Um, but then the uh, Air Max Plus 97 is 160. Uh, both reasonably priced. I really fuck with that outsole. Um, yeah, good job Nike. You gotta keep fucking with uh, you know, keep keep uh coming out with new shit. You know, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it when I see it. I don't just complain about fucking everything that they come out with. And what a way to fucking end the sneaker releases. Uh, Sean Wotherspoon and Nike Air Max 97 One Hybrid. Uh, this gets mixed reactions, especially a, a lot of times. A lot of times when people hate on this, it's when they talk about the competition that Nike held, if you don't know, Nike held a competition where, I think it was like influencers, so not even necessarily designers, but uh, selected influencers got to give their take on, I guess, just a type of Nike sneaker that they would create if they could do whatever, and, um, or maybe it wasn't do whatever, maybe it was just like mix, no, some of the designs were pretty radical, so, they, had, they must have had some pretty loose guidelines, but uh, most of the designers did their fucking thing. That pack, or not even a pack, I fucking wish it was a pack. Um, those sneakers were gorgeous, but uh, this one is amazing. Oh, what I was getting at real quick, for sure sidetracked um, and scatterbrained as fuck, but when people talk about how much they dislike this shoe or any type of hate for the shoe, it's typically because they say, that it turned into a popularity contest, and I don't, I don't know if that's true, uh, I just know that this shit is gorgeous, and I hope that Nike, you know, realizes that there was good-ass design in, in multiple of those, you know, concept, uh, photos, and I hope they release a couple of them, um, for sure there was, I think, what, a Vapormax outsold one that looked fucking gorgeous, that had, like, a window in, in the, on the midfoot or whatever. I don't know. This shit looked fly. Uh, but this Sean Wotherspoon, it, Nike, it, a fucking Air Max One or fucking hybrid, whatever. Uh, this shit is gorgeous, I think. I think it looks perfectly retro. Uh, I like the way the fucking 97 sits on the one outsole. But again, I'm not one of the guys that sits here and says, ah, oh, well, it's sacrilege or whatever. And I follow him on, on uh, Instagram and I like that he was beating the fuck out of them and had that concept of, you know, this, uh, what the fuck do you call it? Coderoy. What is it? Coderoy? I think it's Coderoy. 
on the upper. They're, they're multicolored corduroy panels. And uh, they're very retro colors, right? Well, I love that Sean Wotherspoon was talking about on his Instagram that he's going to beat the fuck out of them. And these are shoes that will get better with wear. And I think it's true. They'll just look more and more vintage and fucking true to an older era. Uh, and I love shoes that, that have that quality to them where you can wear the fuck out of them and they only get better. I appreciate that probably more than anything in a sneaker. It's kind of extreme to say for sure. But um, with that being said, this is one long ass episode. I hope you guys hung in there. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the segment. If you like it, let me know. If you don't, let me know. And uh, we're going to make this motherfucking podcast. We're going to shine this bitch. We're going to make this bitch into a diamond, motherfuckers. Um through determination through repetition all that shit so if you hung in this long you're a fucking soldier first off kudos to you i appreciate you as always i love the fuck out of you and i will be hearing from you guys soon